Before I speak today, and I want to, I want to turn, we're going to look at uh, uh, 1 Samuel chapter 22. It's, it's good to have some of our great friends with us and uh, today, and I can't relay to you what these folks mean to me and, uh, you know, all of you guys, the Sister Clue is with us today. And this lady right here, her, her, and, her, her and her husband were my pastors Started being my pastor when I was 11 years old, and they were until, oh, I don't know, I was, I guess, about 30. And uh, for many years, my pastors, and learned so much from them, uh, just about everything. And uh, they uh, taught me, mentored me. Uh, I, I ate so much food at their house, <laughs> and this lady cooked so many meals for us, and we would hang out at their house like, seven days a week, you know. It's like we would leave their house at like, Debbie and I were first married, we'd leave our house at like 2 a.m. Debbie's been sleeping on the couch since 9 o'clock and we're playing games. And then I'd get Debbie, we would go home and I'd think, man, we're not going to do that again tonight. And the next night we'd go back over there and stay till 2 o'clock in the morning. And there's many times they would just tell us, hey, we're going to bed, you guys can just stay here and we would stay there many times. But we just appreciate the DeClue so much and Sister DeClue and what they have meant to us and uh, taught me so much about everything in life, about, about serving God, being a Christian, uh, the ministry. Gave me my first opportunity to preach uh, when they were our pastors. When I, I think my first sermon was seven minutes long, you know, and I'm sure it was horrible. Uh, <laughs> and I, I know that they were there, she was there. And a great teacher, a wonderful, a phenomenal teacher, was our teacher for many years uh, in, in our young adult class. And, and I just can't relay to Taught me so much about everything. Taught me so much. Taught Debbie and I so much about money. I can remember before I got married, you know, and uh, <laughs> Sister Clue would tell me, she'd say, Bobby, she said, you can't date those kind of girls that'll ruin your ministry. <laughs> And so, you know, they'd see us, you know, hanging out with someone's like, you know, reel, reel us back in, you know, a little bit. And, uh, but man, I just, I just, just really love you and appreciate you and all, all you've done for us and Debbie and I and helped us in our, in our life and our marriage and our ministry. I can remember being at their house and uh, I wasn't always the, the perfect individual, you know, that I am now. <laughs> That's a joke. I can remember being at... I can remember being there at their house and, and just being a young married guy, and uh, we're sitting around there, you know, playing Scrabble or whatever the case may be, Rook or something like that, and I can remember I turned around smart off to Debbie or said something to her that was, wasn't very nice, and, and she would say, she'd say, son, you can't talk to your wife that way. You got to treat her with respect, and just everything, just so much in our life has been shaped by these Brother and Sister Clue, Sister Clue, and, and, and her ministry, and uh, we just appreciate you so much today, Sister Clue, for being here, and, and Dana and Ronnie's here, her, her daughter and son-in-law, and, and her Christina, and Carl's here, and, and her, her, her granddaughter, and, and uh, her, her granddaughter's husband-in-law, whatever you want to call that. <laughs> They're here, and we appreciate them so much, and we, and we just love them. And, and this is an honor. I, you know, we, 
we, we need to give honor where honor's due. And a lot of times we just kind of overlook stuff and don't even think about it. And, uh, but they deserve, would, would you give her a hand and, and Cisco a hand and just this family a hand? We just love them. And uh, I, I tell you what, I probably, if it was not for them and their ministry, uh, I, I doubt I'd be a pastor today. You know, I doubt I'd, you know, uh, I, would, I would be standing here today before you, but so much of what they did helped shape us, and, and we just appreciate them today. We're going to look here at, uh, and you know, later on this afternoon, I'm thinking of something else that I should have said, and I wanted to say, but I didn't, and, and so, but, but words just can't describe, you know, how, I, how we feel about you, Sister DeClue, and, and Dana, and, and all of you guys, and we just love you so much, and so grateful for you. Uh, 1 Samuel chapter 22, I'm just going to read a couple verses, says this. And so David left Gath, and he escaped to the cave of Adullam. And soon his brothers and all other relatives joined him there. And then others began coming, men who were in trouble or in debt or who were just dis- discontented, until David was the captain of about 400 men. We're going to start a brand new series about, uh, it's really about discipleship. It's about uh, getting back to, to basics. And uh, God, God has really been dealing with me about this, uh, the discipleship factor, uh, that, that we just get, that we get past the point of just going to church and uh, coming in for, you know, an hour, hour and a half, a couple hours, whatever, and uh, and then that's just it, and then we, we kind of forget about all of it. But, but I, I really think that, that, that God has brought us to this time and the season, and God has even brought us to this place where we can uh, learn and we can grow and we can become. And I've, over the years, have made this statement, okay? I said, uh, church has kind of become, in America, Sunday morning church has become Christianity 101, Okay? And so it's all about just the, the basics. And the reason we got so basic is because we didn't want to get too intense because we might scare someone off. You know what I'm saying? And, and so if we, it's like if we keep, keep it Christianity 101, then no one's going to be confused, no matter if they're a first-time visitor that doesn't even know anything about Jesus. And, and, and I'm all for that, for, for being slow and, and being patient with people. But I really believe that if we'll look at this time and season, okay, that God, and I know we got people that's watching online right now, and thank God for all the folks that's watching online uh, and all of you that is able to make it with us this morning. Uh, But God has brought us together to this time, so maybe we can get a little bit deeper than Christianity 101, okay? And that God is going to help us to learn so we can grow and we can become, and God takes us at all at a, at a starting point, okay? Wherever we're at, that we're in this journey, and God takes us at this point. There might be someone here that's a pre-Christian, a baby Christian, someone that's known God for five years or 10 years or, or your whole life, but God takes us exactly where we are, and discipleship is really a journey, okay? It's a lifetime journey, 
where we're always learning and we're always growing and we're always becoming. And uh, I, I've, I've, the, the more that I get into the Word of God, the more I understand that I just don't really understand anything anyway and that God is teaching me along the way. Now, let me get to these verses of Scripture in 1 Samuel chapter 22. Uh, David had defeated Goliath, okay? And I, I did a little bit of studying on this. And uh, it could have been... Now, we know David was a very young fellow whenever he killed Goliath, you know, 16, 17 years old, okay? And so I'm thinking in my mind, when did this particular story take place after David killed the, Goliath, killed the giant, Okay? I'm thinking maybe five years or 10 years, okay? But in the research that I've done about it, this particular incident could have happened just one year after David killed Goliath. That, it could have happened that soon, okay? And so I want you to imagine David is a young man who kills Goliath in 16, 17 years old. And then one year later, God takes him to a place and he's the captain of 400 men. That's mind-boggling to me, okay? That, that totally blows me away. King Saul had become jealous of David. And King Saul, instead of being focused on God's assignment for his life, he became focused on David. And King Saul allowed his jealousy and his bitterness and his envy to steal his purpose in life. Don't allow bitterness or envy or jealousy to steal your purpose in life. Don't get looking at someone else and what someone else is doing and think to yourself, why can't I be doing that? Why can't I be the worship leader? Why can't I be the youth pastor? Why can't I be the head of this or the head of that? Keep your eye on what God has called you to do. Because our focus and our purpose is this, is to glorify God and to honor God that whatever the assignment is. And so King Saul should have had his eyes on that, doing point number one. My purpose is to glory and honor, to, to honor and glorify God. I want you to keep that in mind always. That is my purpose, that everything that we do is to honor Jesus Christ and to honor and glorify God the Father, that everything that I do, it's not to build a great name for myself. It's not to build a great church for myself. And there's people, it always gets me, you know, people say, you know, you've got a great church, you know? And I say, no, it's not my church. First of all, it's, it's Christ's church, okay? And God calls us and commissions us, and we all come together, and we all serve together, and we all work together. And every one of us have got a purpose, and every one of us have got a gift, we've got a calling, we've got a ministry, and first and foremost, that involves honoring and glorifying God. You see, my purpose comes to pass through faithfulness. And joy and peace and happiness come from when I do God's will. You see, whenever I glorify and honor God, it, it fills the void in my life. And there's folks today that's suffering from an emptiness because everything in their life is about doing their own thing. It's about... It's about uh, getting the stuff that they want. It's about fulfilling their own pursuits. It's about making themselves happy. And at the end of the day, when they're laying in bed at night, they think, I'm literally miserable. The reason is, is because we were created to glorify and honor God. For, you know, I always go back to Romans chapter 3, verse 23. For all of sin and come short of what? The glory of God. Okay? 
You and I were created to glorify and to honor God. And so if there's an emptiness in our life, if there's a void in our life, it's from the very fact that we fail to honor and glorify God because everything is about us. And that's where King Saul got to that point. Everything was about him. And if someone like a, like a young guy by the name of David seemed to be getting some recognition, he became jealous of that. So we got to keep our eyes and keep our heart on the work of the Lord. So don't compare yourself to someone else. Don't compare your gift or your talent or your ministry to someone else. There's a lot of us are going to get confused today because when I say ministry, Nick, we're going to think I'm talking about preaching, Okay. And very few of us are going to have a pulpit type of a ministry. Can I get a witness? Very few of us are going to have that kind of a ministry. However, God uses us to minister and to witness to people in our neighborhood, in our families, on our job. God gives us an opportunity. God gives us an opportunity to use our gift, to use our talent. And everything that we do is meant to glory and to honor God the Father. So we got to keep our eyes on our own work. We got to stay focused on what God wants us to do, and that is to advance his kingdom and to win the loss for Jesus Christ. Position doesn't guarantee success because King Saul had the highest position in all of Israel. And King Saul surrendered his purpose to bitterness and to envy and to jealousy. He got his eyes off his assignment for his life, and it just literally destroyed him. It literally consumed him. And his pursuit in life was this it was to kill David. The scripture tells us this the anointing had already lifted from King Saul. God had already placed his hand on and, the, and his anointing on this young man by the name of David. And so, David, as Saul became jealous of him, Frank, David ran into the wilderness. David was afraid for his life. He ran into the wilderness. The scripture says he ran to various locations. He even ran, now just a year or so earlier, keep in mind, just a year or so earlier, he had killed Goliath. You know where he went to? He went to where the Philistines were. He's got Goliath's sword strapped to his side, and he goes to where the, the Philistines are. He goes to Gath. Realized he couldn't hang out there very long. So then the scripture says this. He went from Gath and he went to the cave of Adullam is where he went there. Looking, running, searching for his life. He was afraid. The ca- I want you to notice this. That the cave of Adullam was close to the valley of Allah. Anyone know what happened in the valley of Allah? That is exactly where David defeated Goliath in the valley of Elah. And so, you know, here's here's David. He's running for his life. He's running for the king. And where does God take him? Right to the place where he defeated the, the giant. You say, why? Because God was reminded, God was reminding David that he had been with him in previous times. He was reminded David that that he had empowered him in previous times. He was reminded David that he was going to sustain him. You know, God does that to us a lot of times. We're going through a struggle, and the Holy Spirit brings something to our remembrance where God was with us. The devil says, I'm going to take you down. 
I'm going to destroy your life. I'm going to destroy your home. I'm going to destroy your kids and your marriage and everything else. And then what does the Holy Spirit do? He reminds us of a great victory in our life. He reminds us of a time that God was with us. And the Holy Spirit empowered us. And God sustained us. And that's exactly what happened to David on his way running in the wilderness to the cave of Adullam. He went to the valley of Allah, the very place where he had defeated Goliath. And God reminded him of his glory. And God reminded him of his power. I don't know what you're going through right now, your struggle that you're facing in your life. But I want you to remember, stir up your pure mind by way of remembrance and, 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 and think about the things that God has already done. Think about the things that God has already brought you through in your life. Think about the time you didn't know what you were going to do, and you called upon God, and God showed up in your life. You see, in the Valley of Allah, David once again remembered that God had been with him when he stood against the giant. He remembered the faithfulness of God, and so I encourage you today that remember the faithfulness of God. Remember that God promised he'll never leave us or he'll never forsake us. Remember the promise of God. Secondly, our struggle moves us toward God. You say, I don't like the struggle. A struggle can actually propel you to, to, to seek in and press in to know God, to talk to God, to learn from God. I remember, I've got a good friend, and my sister's here today, my one of my sisters is here today. <laughs> That's an inside joke. Two of my sisters are here today, okay? That's all I'm going to say, okay? I got my older sister and my younger sister is both here today. Glad, that, glad they're with me. And my sister attends First Assembly of God in Jeff City. The pastor over there is Lowell Perkins. He's a good friend of mine. He was actually a kid in my youth ministry, believe it or not. You know, that's another story. <laughs> I remember a few years ago, I remember a few years ago, on January the 1st, I think it was the first Sunday of, of, of a brand new year, he sent me a text. He said, Bob, and his text said this, Pastor Lowell Perkins. He said, Bob, I believe this, is, this year is going to be a breakthrough of abundance for you and your ministry. Amazing things are going to happen this year. I said, man, that sounds really good, okay? Man, thank you, God, for that promise. You say, what happened? Things got worse. <laughs> See, sometimes we're going through the struggle, okay? And God is using the struggle to take us to a place of breakthrough. And that's exactly what God did. When, when, when David was running for his life, that God was taking him to a place for breakthrough. Struggle will move. If you allow it, struggle will move you toward God. It's easy to allow fear and frustration to keep us from going forward. But in the struggle, we've got to see the glory of God. We've got to see the hand of God. We've got to recognize this, that God is doing something in our life. And David was running. He was struggling. But in that struggle, he encountered the power of God. And God wants to do that for us in that place, in that place of struggle, we find a fresh anointing. God renews us in the struggle that we're going through. And it becomes a time of great breakthrough. 
Here was David, or he was King Saul. He was trying to kill David. So David went into seclusion in the cave of Adullam. Now, now, I've already mentioned a little bit. This past year has been a season of isolation. Can I get a witness? It's been a season of isolation. And uh, we had to leave the theater. For those of you, you know, that don't realize we're in Hollywood theaters having church. It was really worked out really good, really nice for us. And then COVID shut the theater down. And so we got a hold of Linda and Greg Ordway. And they said, yeah, come on out. You can, you can meet here at the conference center. We never thought we would be this far out of Columbia, but God opened the door, and we praise God for it. We thank God for it. But this year has been a time of isolation. We've, there was a time we couldn't even have church, and uh, we just strictly went online because we couldn't get out. We couldn't leave our homes. We couldn't assemble together. And so 2020, this, this past eight, nine months, 10 months, has been a time of isolation for us. And it seems like that we've been in the cave of Adullam. And we kind of feel like David. And this year we've wondered why God has allowed such a series of events. But we got to know this, that according to Psalms chapter 37, verse 23, that the Lord directs the steps of godly and righteous people. All right? And God has got us at a place Sometimes a place of isolation where he can really deal with, deal with us. And he can really speak to us. And he can direct us in that place of isolation. David had to leave the comfort of his home. But God used that struggle to draw David closer to him. And in the adversity, he saw that God's plan was big enough. God's plan is big enough today. God's grace is big enough today. God's ability to touch you and help you and sustain you is great enough today. And so put your faith and hope in him. David went to the cave. And in the cave, here's what happened. God began to raise up a mighty army. His, the scripture says this. His family members came to the cave. His brothers, his relatives came to the cave. The Bible says that other like-minded people came to the cave. Other, there's people that were discouraged that came to the cave people that were discontent, people that were a little bit depressed, they came to the cave. And before long, David found himself being the captain of 400 men in the cave of Adullam. He found himself there. Often, last thing I want to talk to you about is this, discipleship creates, creates hope and direction. You got to know this, okay? The more we learn about God, then God begins to open up our understanding about our own gifts and talents. The more God teaches us, we, uh, we begin to understand that, hey, listen, I'm gifted, I'm talented by God, ta- I'm called by God, and God's got something greater for me. And so here's 400 people that came together. David became their captain, and David began to disciple them. You say, well, how do you know? Well, listen, a captain just doesn't sit around and feel sorry for himself, okay? He became their captain. He became their leader. He became their mentor. He became their instructor. And the cave was not a place of pity. The cave became a place of power. I don't know what's going on. They're having a great time, okay? (laughs) The cave was a place of preparation. The cave, get this, the cave was a place of reprogramming. 
There's a lot of us and we need a reprogramming from fear to faith. There's a lot of us, we need, a, we need a reprogramming, okay, from oh, dead religion to worshiping God in spirit and truth. It was a place of reprogramming. It was a place of reprogramming where the people that would have been discouraged, reprogramming from discouragement and depression to encouragement and energy and new life. And God said this, I'm not finished with you yet. Those 400 people, they came together. I'm not finished with you yet. Your, your life doesn't end in a cold, dark, moldy cave. But God was reprogramming them as David taught them, as David mentored them. You say, well, who was David? He's just a kid. Well, listen, David had a, had a you know, don't look at someone just because they're young and say they don't know anything because you don't know what God's already taught them. When David was, I believe when David was tending his father's sheep out the middle, middle of the wilderness, that he's talking to God in that place of, of solid, solitude, that he was communicating with God. He was writing songs unto God. He was learning about the goodness and the faithfulness of God. And so God raised up David. He was just a young man, but he was teaching the people to get their heart right with God. He was teaching the people to see the glory of God. He was teaching the people that they had a purpose and they had a calling, and that's exactly what I want to do in this series. I want to teach you this. You have got a purpose and you have got a calling, and your purpose and your calling is not about you just feeling good, but it's impacting your world for Jesus Christ. There's a, there's a, a friend of mine the other day posted something really good on Facebook. And he, it was something like, uh, I, I, I wish I'd pulled it up. It was something like, you know, if we really think the world is going to end and we really think God, Jesus is coming very soon, then why don't we just get up instead of complaining about it and making all these crazy, ridiculous posts about it, let's get up and tell someone that, about the good news of Jesus Christ. Let's get up and share faith and hope with someone, you know, instead of just causing confusion. I, I really get a little bit irritated at Christians today. All right, because we, we want to just concentrate on chaos. Yes, it's a very chaotic time, but you know what? God is still on the throne. God still is not willing that any would perish, but all would come to eternal life, okay? And so I don't want to be an agent of chaos, okay? I want to be an agent of hope. I want to be an agent of change through the power of Jesus Christ. That's what I want to do. And so I'm not just going to get up and send you all kinds of crazy, ridiculous things, okay? But uh, if we really believe it, let's get up and start talking to our neighbor, okay? Let's get up and start sharing hope and goodness and peace and mercy with our neighbor, sharing the truth. There's, there's good news. Like Brandon said, there's good news. I read the end of the book. It's going to be okay. <laughs> it's going to be okay. Discipleship changes us. In the past, these guys have been depressed, discouraged, defeated. But through the teaching, through the mentoring, he was teaching them to get their heart right, their mind right. And when your heart and your mind is right, your purpose will be right. When your heart and your mind is right, your gifting will be right. When your heart and your mind is right, your calling will be right. The way you treat other people will change when your heart and mind gets right with God. And that's exactly what was happening in the cave of preparation. 
A lot of people had lost hope. I'm getting ready to close. But God was equipping the people for something greater than staying stuck in that old, dark cave. It was a brand new starting point. And often God prepares us through adversity. And God was raising them up for something greater in the cave. You know, a lot of times God prepares the least likely people and God uses the least likely people. I've seen God use people before. I've seen God use ministers before that in my opinion, they couldn't preach their way out of a wet paper sack. You say, well, Pastor Rob, that sounds a lot like your ministry. (laughs) Okay. But you know what? God used them because they were faithful. And God opened doors for them because they were faithful. And they actually had people that came and loved to listen to them preach because they just loved people. They were compassionate toward people. 400 of the least likely people came together in that cave. And God put his hand upon them. And in the cave, Frank, they're not just sitting around feeling sorry for themselves. They're building themselves up in the Holy Ghost, I believe. You say, well, the, the Holy Spirit hadn't even been poured out. Well, God, the Holy Spirit was being poured out at certain times and places. And I believe in that cave, the Holy Spirit was being poured out on those 400 men. They'd had disappointments in the past. They'd had struggles in the past. People had let them down in the past. People had betrayed them in the past. But God was raising them up in that cave for something greater. You see, in the the cave, God teaches us. Sometimes God just got to get us away from the distraction so he can get a hold of us and he can teach us and he can speak to us. I think about, you know, I I talked to you a little bit about last week, like building this church. And Carl's here today and he was at the church. He's an engineer. And he was looking at some of our plans, and he said, man, your plans are stamped from 2017. We said, yeah, we thought we would have been in this building a couple years ago, you know? And I told you last week, I said, sometime the time framing is ridiculous, it's absurd, it's even embarrassing, you know? I talk to preachers all the time, I said, how are you enjoying that new church? We said, it's not even done yet, we're still building it, <laughs> you know? I, I was talking to my, my good friend, Pastor Daryl Rhodes, you know, and that's where these guys go to church. Uh, Some of them, uh, Christine and I think Dana and and Carl go go there. Daryl Rhodes said, man, he said, I've never seen it take such a long time to build a church before in all my life. He said, well, you don't understand what we're up against. (laughs) But sometimes the time frame seems absolutely ridiculous. But God said, that's okay. I got you right where I want you. And there's a lot of those 400 men, they probably came to David and they said, hey, David, I think we're ready to leave the cave. And David said, no, it's not time yet. It's not time yet. God, God hasn't given us a release yet, but he will in time. And so Dave continued to teach him. He continually kept leading them and mentoring them. He kept speaking life into them. Last week I told you, I said, in a post-COVID world, every church in America is going to have to relaunch. Get it. Every church in America is getting ready to have to relaunch. You say, when are we gonna, when's the relaunch going to happen? I still don't know. <laughs> I still don't know, okay? 
But for right now, okay, for right now, Cedar Creek Conference Center is our cave of Adullam. Whoa, there's some powerful stuff right here. And God is bringing us together. Why? So he can teach us and he can train us. And God is, there's, some, there's something happening in this church, folks. God is raising up some servant leaders in this church. A lot of us like the leader part, <laughs> but we don't like the servant part. But I find this, Jesus was a servant leader. And that's what God is calling us. Not just come to church, sit on a church bench, just be a member. No, God is calling us to be servant leaders. And right now in this, in this cave, this is our cave of, of Adullam, that God is raising up servant leaders. God is teaching servant leaders in the cave. David was raising up servant leaders in that place. He was doing it. And today, God is strengthening the core. He's building us up in the Holy Ghost. God is reconfirming the call. He's giving us a burden for the lost. And when the time is right, God is relaunching a vibrant, healthy church. And God's providing all the elements. There's so many times I look at this, this whole church project and I think, God, we don't have the money. What if this happens? What if that happens? What if this, that, what, what? And then God says, listen, I got it. I got it. Just trust me. Trust me. I'm, I've, 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 got, I've got supernatural resources. I've got things that I'm doing. I'm at work right now. You can't even see it. But God is getting us ready to use. God is getting us ready, Darla, to work through, to empower, to energize. Not so we can be a bunch of freaky, weirdo, holy rollers, okay? So we can turn our whole world upside down. Read the book of Acts. The book of Acts is not a bunch of freaky, weirdo, holy rollers. Read it. Read it for yourself. No, it's a bunch of people that went out Ordinary people went out and they turned their whole world up upside down for Jesus Christ. Everywhere they went, Jeffrey, everywhere they go, they're preaching the gospel. Everywhere they want, everywhere they went, they're seeing lives changed, people touched, people healed, people, people delivered, people changed. God has called us for this time. God has called us for a season. I want you to remember this. First and foremost, everything that we do is to honor and glorify God. First and foremost, everything that we do is to, to uh, lift up Jesus Christ. Everything that we do, whatever we do. And sometimes we go through a struggle, but God uses the struggle to help us get to that place of breakthrough. You say, I'm going through a great struggle. Listen, the struggle, God is leading you. God is getting ready to bless you. God is getting ready to do something amazing in your life. Just, just keep pressing in. Just keep trusting God. Just, just stay focused on the assignment God has given, given unto you to do. Amen. You know, I'll close with this. I remember a year of, uh, and this goes right along with everything's happened today, but uh, we were really struggling. A few years ago, we was in a shopping center, and... Uh, we were really going through a struggle. And it was December 31st. 
I'll tell you exactly when it was. It was December 31st, 2012. And uh, we were just really struggling. We were really struggling financially. And uh, God, you know where you know where the provision is going to come from. God, you know what you're doing. We don't know how it's going to happen. We don't know what you're going to do. And I remember that last day, we had actually ended our service. We left the building. We went to a restaurant. And uh, I got a phone call. And the phone call was from Dana and Ronnie. Maybe you guys remember that. Dana and Ronnie said, we're in town. We got something we want to give you. And so I said, okay, but... One, two o'clock in the afternoon, went over to church, and they handed us an envelope, had an offering in it. And that offering was enough to pay our lease payment and to pay our land payment. We said, wow, God, amazing. You know? And that's, that, that, that's what God does. From the least, These guys had never been to our church one time. This is the first time I think they've ever even been to our church. Christina was, came to the church when she was attending the University of Missouri, they had never even went to our church before. I had probably not even seen Dana or Ronnie in several years and just drove up to the church, an offering. And then God reminded me of this. He said, I've got this. I've got you. I've got the, I've got the ministry. I've got Life Rock Church. I'm doing some amazing things, and I'm going to sustain you. That's exactly what, as David taught these men in the cave, he was teaching them to trust in God. He was teaching them to be faithful. He was teaching them to serve God with everything that was in them. And that's what God is speaking to us today. That God is in control. God is in charge. And God has called us to this time. God has called us to this place. And I believe great things are coming. I believe many people are going to be saved. I believe hundreds and even thousands of people will be saved. Through this ministry and other various ministries. I know it. I know it. We're not finished. We're not finished yet. God's not finished with us yet. And God said that same thing to those 400 men in that cave. I'm not done with you yet. I'm raising up a mighty army. He's doing it. Let's close with prayer. Heavenly Father, we thank you today, God, for your love, for your mercy, for your grace, dear God. And I pray, God, with all that is within us, we would honor you. With all that is within us, dear God, that we would give ourselves fully and wholly unto you. Dear God, I know some of us have gone through difficulty in our life. and We're facing things right now. We're facing obstacles and giants right now. We just don't know what to do. But God, we're calling upon you to give us the touch, the blessing, the breakthrough, the healing that we need, dear God. Help us, I pray. In Christ's name, help us, bless us, use us, And I pray, God, as you've called us to this place here at Cedar Creek Resort, that this is our cave of Adullam. This is our training ground. This is the place, God, that you're going to teach us, help us to grow. I believe, God, you're raising up new leaders. You're you're raising up servants, dear God, that are going to lend themselves and lend their gifts and their talents unto you so that we can preach the gospel, and they can preach the gospel. Help us to see opportunities, to recognize when you open doors 
Holy Spirit, empower us to glorify Christ in all that we do. Holy Spirit, empower us to change our world. And God, we're going to thank you for these things in Christ's name. Amen. God bless you this morning.